1: No place
2: for civilized man. I want my life.
0: Take it in the guts, Barry. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions.
2: Through answers, get all and studio. you go through that doorway to the greatest little couple
0: Good morning, everybody. This is Showreel and What Heroes. Talk Back with Attitude. What a great show. But also, there was a problem with the phones this morning and they came up with a devastatingly useful answer. So, we have just top notch people at 3CR. And remember that when you decide that you're going to help us out during the uh, upcoming. Radiothon, it's uh, going to be mid-June and I think the slogan is something like keep community strong, which is just a perfect mantra for this period of history we're right in at the moment. But of course Showreel is about focusing on the Australian film industry or uh, anything to do with uh, moving image really, people who make them what, how they spend their time, but also people who actually get a film up and then get it to theatrical release, or anything really you know anybody who gets off their bum and does something in this particular sort of uh, area of concern and uh, are showing our us ourselves, which is what this why show real exists, and today we 're going to focus on a film called Little Tornadoes made by uh, written and directed, or co-written and directed by uh, Aaron Wilson. Uh, he ha- he, you might remember a while ago he made a film called Canopy, and uh, he's a very nuanced filmmaker, and he is a filmmaker that really does shine a light on uh, elements of the Australian psyche. Uh, it's set in a country town, uh, in the uh, isolated country town, really. Uh, and it's a memory piece, goes back to the 1970s or maybe later, um, and uh, is uh, a fascinating and gentle film. But uh, before we uh, talk to uh, Aaron, uh, a few important messages. Join Free Palestine Melbourne in remembering the Nakba at a vigil at the State Library at 12 midday on Sunday the 15th of May. Nakba means catastrophe in Arabic and commemorates the displacement and ethnic cleansing of more than 700,000 Palestinians from their homes to create the State of Israel in 1948. The Nakba continues with refugees from 1948 still living in refugee camps and more Palestinians being displaced as Israeli settlements continue to be built on stolen Palestinian land. The event will include naming and acknowledging many of the towns and villages destroyed by Israel. Nakba Day vigil, midday, Sunday, the 15th of May, on the steps of the State Library of Victoria. Free Palestine Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. Online and in cinema. Melbourne Documentary Film Festival will be running online from the 1st to the 31st of July and at Cinema Nova from the 21st to the 31st of July. Canvassing the world's best docos from South by Southwest, Tribeca and Hot Docs, as well as the best Australian content. Check out the lineup and book today at mdff.org.au or cinemanova.com.au. The Melbourne Documentary Film Festival is a 3CR supporter.
1: Do you love Channel 31? Do you have a favourite program you just can't miss?
2: Or even a favourite Channel 31 personality? If you love your local community TV station... Well, there is a way you can help.
0: Head along to c31.org.au and click the big old donate button.
1: Your contribution to your local
0: station will help to keep us on the air. Making more of the quality TV you know and love. Plus, you'll help to make sure our team can continue to provide access, training and education behind the scenes to hundreds of young Victorians. That's c31.org.au. And click on the big donate button. Thank you.
2: A 3CR supporter.
1: Hi, my name is Rolf Here. I don't live in Melbourne. I live across the water in Tasmania. But if I did live in Melbourne, my number one radio station would be 3CR because it's about community and community matters.
0: You're on 3CR with Annie on Showreel and uh, as I said at the beginning of the program, I wanted to highlight a lovely little film called Little Tornadoes. I spoke to the writer-director... Aaron Wilson, and uh, here's our chat. Little Tornadoes is a very interesting film. It's, it's uh, based on a reminiscence, isn't it, a, a story from, from a person's past. It's very hard to actually um, do that. Uh, ha- what was your approach? Uh, I think
1: the, the film really came from me looking back on my childhood, Uh, reminiscing on the world that I grew up in and and the things that really stuck out and and that stay with me to this day. Uh, So I think when I approached the characters of Leo and Maria, it was about uh, looking at, if people were reflecting on this world, what what are the things that stay with them for the duration of their lives? Um, And when I was collaborating with Christos, particularly on the Maria narration, Christos had a strong sense to really speak to her as a, a, a woman today reflecting on, on her arrival in Australia and, and I guess moments of her life that were really um, impacting upon her and, and again things that would stay with her for the rest of her life and, and people she would meet that she'd forever keep in her life as well I think the beginning of relationships the um, beginning of friendships that would endure a lifetime
0: Mm. it's very difficult to talk about or do in a filmic way the silence of the australian country town you manage it really beautifully it's i mean there's many strands in this film and uh, i mean i've lived in the bush and uh, the conversations and or the non-conversations and the silence is uh, beautifully handled
1: i think it's just the way it is it's just natural and authentic to that world um and and the physical spaces are so large and overwhelming and isolating and then they affect the way people exist in those spaces so people the the rhythm of life is very different to in the city and the way people communicate is is different so i just wanted to capture that authentic way of uh, or at least the sense of that authenticity in the way people relate to each other and just inhabit the spaces when they're by themselves. That's what I was trying to go for.
0: Yeah, yeah. And also, uh, you very uh, adeptly bring in the story of loss, but also of newfound friendships in an alien environment.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's a world where you can easily get lost in your own thoughts and just exist by yourself and and forget that you haven't spoke to anyone for days. Um, and even when you're in an environment like our main character where he's in a factory, he's surrounded by people but you can just do your own thing and, and not not really talk to people. Um, what I wanted to do was bring in a language but in an interesting way that, that sort of mixes the different languages that are spoken in that world. So I grew up in a world where there was lots of Italian spoken because there was a large Italian community that arrived. So I wanted to respect and and hint at that um, you know, Italian in the the community by by just having in certain scenes the Italian character try to speak to uh, Leo, who only speaks English, and then we just have a back and forth between Italian and English. They don't really understand each other, but I guess they they, they understand the sentiment of what they're trying to say. That was just an idea that I was trying to go for in the film.
0: Also, it's a man's story which is really interesting. I mean, it's a generational story and a man's story. He is right in the centre of trying to deal with uh, uh, his past and his present and potential future.
1: Hmm. Yeah, look, um, a, in, in that world, in quite a masculine world. Um, and again, reflecting on, on my childhood, these men who, who don't really communicate with words, just trying to uh, look at how to, what are people thinking, how are they conveying emotions when they're not speaking? And if they're not conveying them, you know, how, are they, how are they coping with, with like, uh, situations that happen to them, trauma or, or distress? Um, those sort of things are really intriguing for me. So how to, how to find a way through cinema to capture a sense of what these people are going through and, and how the world and the physical world affects their emotional isolation Um, But also in context of family, how family is such an important thing in these environments uh, as is community. So how do we tie our story back to the need to, I guess, trust in people around you and, and reach out? Because if you don't rely on family, if you don't rely on community, it's very easy to... To get lost and, uh, and disappear.
0: Well, Little Tornadoes, a little bit like Canopy, which is a previous film you made. Are unusual films because they're um, they're very sensory and very poetic, and almost like beautiful river stones taken out of a, a large flow of uh, what appear to be similar things but aren't. <laughs>
1: that's a that's a lovely way of putting it. I look, I I think I approach my films by feeling, it's what, what I want audiences to feel. And, and like Canopy, I guess this is a, a story of, of, of vulnerability, exploring particularly male vulnerability. Um, and when no one's looking, when the doors are closed and people are by themselves, what does one do? Where does one's mind go to? And, and, and I, I wanted to examine, I guess, fragility of, of, of someone experiencing trauma and going through a hardship and isolation. Um, And how can we relate to those feelings uh, and those situations once you pare it down to its its simplest um, aspect? That's what I was trying to go for with Little Tornado, similar to Canopy, um, characters going through moments of trauma, and and how do they cope?
0: Uh, It's um, a very sensory film and very delicate. Um, How did you do it? in fact, because a film is very practical.
1: Yeah, I think using the cinematography and sound, the clever effect, uh, had such a great partnership with Stefan, my cinematographer, who also shot Canopy, and then my sound designers, um, Rodney, who who, uh, also worked on Canopy. And it was just about always trying to interrogate each scene. What are we trying to make people feel um, yes, we have the, the sort of the practicalities of what we're showing and, and hearing, but how do we manipulate the sounds to, to create almost a character out of the landscape? So at any given time, the world around us, be it in Singapore and canopy or in regional Australia and in, in little tornadoes, the world is affecting the emotions of the character, almost like it, it has such an overwhelming presence on the humans that live in and, and inhabit that landscape. Um, it creates a mood and a feeling, which I guess brings a strong sense of place to the world in which we set our film, and, and that feeling is something I wanted to always be present in the film, in any scene.
0: Lovely choice of actors.
1: Yeah. Look, Mark Mark is such a beautiful, sensitive soul and, and brings such care and um, sensitivity to the, to the role. When we did the rehearsals for Little Tornadoes, he insisted on spending a few weeks working in the factory that he'll be this character um, inhabits, And it was just a great way for him to not only immerse himself in the character's world, but also the world in which we shot the film in that regional country Australian world. Uh, and that also allowed people around him, locals who invariably were used as actors in the film, to really bond with him. Uh, and then, by contrast, Maria. When when Sylvia comes into the world, her character of Maria just brightens the world in a in a different way. She brings a colour and energy and and a, and a sort of a a, um, a a vibrancy, I guess, with her personality and the cooking that she does on screen. So there's a great contrast between Mark's character and Sylvia's character. Uh, and, and also reflecting the differences between the different cultures in that world. When the Italians arrived, they brought colour and energy that, that ultimately uh, sculpted and, and changed the world for the better. It enriched the Australian landscape. And I I like to think that we, we see that symbolised through the way Mark uh, and Sylvia's characters are portrayed on screen.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that was lovely because uh, there was no um, self-effacement. They they loved their character. It, uh, their their culture, uh, that was great. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think really. there's a lot of respect, a lot of respect in the actors for the characters they're playing, and and for me too. It's I I wanted this film to be, uh, um, respectfully looking at the world that I came from. And yes, we touch on things like racism and the uh, PTSD, the knock-on effect from World War II down the generations. That's in the background. Um, very real issues that we face in the country. But at the same time, I wanted to celebrate the beauty and the colour. And I guess from my experience, the town of, of Tocamal and Cobram is a strong multicultural world, and I wanted to acknowledge that.
0: Um, Robert uh, Menzies' character, he's a great actor, isn't
1: he? He's exquisite. He, uh, As soon as he steps into each scene, he's just all-consuming. And, and in the Q&As we've had so far uh, with audiences, particularly around regional Australia, people comment on, on just how they know that character, whether it's in their family or in their their community, they know that person. He's so familiar. So he just created something that was incredibly authentic and grounded um, and that, that just feels like people we know in the world that we, uh, that we grew up in.
0: Yeah. For the level of silence, there's so much anguish involved.
1: <laughs> I think the anguish is a... We explore it through the silences, really, uh, and then the noise that we hear on screen—the is music and the talking—that's the celebration that comes in, particularly in the form of of Maria, and also when she engages with the kids. Um, it's quite—it's a quiet anguish, I think. Uh, yeah, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah, the children are good. You've done a good job. with the, You're a good director. I mean, you can almost tell how good a director he is by the way kids can behave like real kids. I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen um, The Drover's Wife, but uh, the kids in that are really fantastic. So, uh, And it's very similar to your film, Little Tornadoes, where the kids are... I, I recognise those kids.
1: No, that's great. I mean, you want people to feel like they they relate and understand that dynamic between the the father, Leo, and his children. And the the beauty of that is that these kids are siblings in real life. And I'd I'd seen them... um, I'd actually worked with Minnie before on a short film. And her brother turned up one day, and they started bickering, and, as Mm -hmm. kids do, fighting. And I just felt that's the dynamic I'd love to see on screen. And as I was writing the script, I I circled back to them. And um, they were the right age... It was perfect, so I think I just was lucky that I could work with a, a brother and sister that just felt very natural on stream. Uh, and then when, once they got together with Mark and Maria, it was just a great energy. It felt almost like they'd known each other for years. So they they were very authentic and natural just off camera. And then as soon as we started rolling, it was basically an extension of that of that camaraderie that was happening on set.
0: Yeah, very interesting. Um, the uh decision to have Maria as the narrative uh, looking back is a fascinating thing. How did that happen?
1: Yeah, that that came about when Christos came on board to start writing the narration. So around 2020, lockdown happened um, once the pandemic arrived. And I was exploring the idea of a narration, but I I knew that I wasn't really, didn't have the skills to craft the, the sort of Um, the delicate approach that I wanted. So I'd actually reached out to Christos and sent him an edit and hoping that he would respond to the film. And and I was very fortunate that he did. Uh, And then we had several months worth of discussion around what this narration should be. And it was Christos who decided, look, I really feel strongly about it being Maria. It will really contrast well against um, Leo's presence that we see on screen. And he just brought such... um, I guess, as a son of immigrants from Southern Europe, he brought such an informed perspective. Um, but it's also a, um, a perspective on a world that's a different. It's not typical for Australian films to so start with a, a view of regional Australia, and we hear an Italian um, and Sicilian narration. And it speaks to an outsider's point of view coming into this landscape and how it feels grand, and, but also old, it's an old world, so I think um, there was such a beautiful lyrical approach through what Christos created and, and that Sylvia um, developed through uh, the, the, the narration.
0: So, so Sylvia is also of... Um, her, her, her background is um, immigrant. I yes. mean, we're all it's... immigrants in Australia, but except First Nations, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean, like that period.
1: Yeah, Maria, I think Sylvia arrived... Uh, in about 15, 15, 17 years ago, to Australia. Oh, cool. Um, she came from Italy, and but she's from the north, so ah, yes. because her character's Sicilian, um, she had to really craft her accent, and and she actually spoke to Fabio, one of her, her on-screen um, co-actor, uh, his mother about how do I how do I craft a Sicilian accent, and Fabio's mommy is Sicilian, so she really helped her be quite rigorous about getting everything right because we can't show a film in Italy um, or even in my home region where there's a lot of uh, Sicilian Australians and have her accent be off because that just wouldn't ring true. So (laughs) So Sylvia did a lot of work to get her accent right Uh, and then we checked it with lots of uh, Sicilians to make sure it was spot on.
0: Oh, that's interesting because, of course, um, I don't know if people realise, but Southern Italy or all parts of Italy, they're all very different from each other. And Sicily uh, Sicily is quite a different uh, kind of uh, affair than Calabria or Perugia or something like that.
1: Definitely. Even within Sicily, there's different accents. The dialect is is subtly different. So her character comes from Syracuse. So... Um, we wanted to make sure, all right, we're we speaking to Sicilians who know that particular dialect. Uh, is this authentic? Um, we were just sort of meticulous and, and, and making sure we asked the right people and enough people to make sure we were on the right track.
0: And I, and there's a, at, the, at the end of the film, it says, it's very personal because it says uh, for Nan. Your Nan?
1: Yeah, I think um, my Nan's been a guiding force for me through, I guess, my whole creative life and she's been a, um, someone that I would go to if I just wanted perspective or just advice about what I'm doing and encouragement I think. Um, that encouragement's really important as a, when you, you're finding your creative voice and it isn't that my nan understood exactly what I was doing but she was always able to listen and offer perspective um, and I it's, it's interesting that recently um, my nan's been unwell and just before our premiere in Melbourne, my nan had actually passed away. So it was a it was a bittersweet moment, I guess, having this premiere in Melbourne uh, at Cinema Nova and dedicating this this film to my nan, and knowing that that she's no longer with us, but at least it's a nice way of celebrating um, my time with her and I guess the strength that she gave me uh, as an artist.
0: Well, that's fantastic. Um, very very nice. Very good. Um... The uh, how has it been received by the audiences in your region and in Italy? Have you taken it there?
1: Uh, in the regions, definitely. So we started in Cobram up on the Murray River, which is in my hometown region, and then we moved along to Albury, then to Ballarat, and I have just started a bit of a, a tour around Australia. Um, I went to Mildura back up on the Murray then across to South Australia, which is where I am now, and then I'm heading back to Victoria to do some more regional regional Q&As. But every single stop, it's the same feeling. It's this feeling of we know this world, we know these characters, and it feels incredibly authentic. And particularly the the space and the rhythm in the story, people have really connected with that. So I'm very heartened by the fact that... um, Look, I I wanted to talk about the world that I come from in an honest and authentic way and that audiences have really embraced that. is such a rewarding thing for me.
0: Thanks for talking to me. I enjoyed the film. I found it really um, fascinating.
1: Thank you. I'm glad you connected with the film. It's just, um, again, when you make something so personal, you just want to hope that, particularly in Australia, let audiences understand and, and relate to it, um, the story that you've told. And then hopefully it translates to international audiences because at its heart it's a story about a family uh, going through trauma uh, and doing the best they can to move forward. People, people in remote communities, how do they connect to each other? Um, and I've noticed that when I've travelled, particularly in, around Southeast Asia, connecting with communities in our region where people live in a remote um settlements and communities and i find it a similar way of the way um, my friends relate to their parents or their parents relate to each other there's this sort of different way of showing love and different way of showing affection that's not all about words um and i like noticing those similarities because those are the things that connect us all as community doesn't matter what country we come from
0: yeah we were just talking to uh Aaron Wilson, who's the writer director of uh, Little Tornadoes. it's on screens at the moment uh and the Christos that they're talking about he helped him with the dialogue uh christos uh, the person who wrote the slap so it's uh he's in good company uh that's the end of uh Charille for this week and uh coming up next is published or not, and we'll go out with a song that I've just come across which. I particularly like I hope you do too
2: We dance like New Year's Eve we we dance from Shirley. You projected a size with nothing of the sort. Sold so all short, put down a champagne. No toast to the legacy. And all the propaganda of prosperity. That's what a machine does, and they don't need therapy. You turn us into a nation of haters. I ride a pizza, leaving whatever kept your leader. Dog whistle through the speakers, see you bites it. Notice the hell of a lot of people like this. An ethical choice is simpler if you pride it. Conquer by dividing, that's where you would admired him. Unless pushed, we would never have retired him. Fucking pirate history will damn him. Once it seemed like nothing could damage him. 36G, the way he shunted. Crook, you got your ass played in Mandarin. mood is failing to capture. It's like somebody finally did light that match up and burn down the parliament. Learn from the argument. Can't be nonpartisan. When you're an artisan, you put your heart in it. That's not even a half of it. Like my man said, we're talking buttery bread. Better if his words were never uttered again. Mostly vindictive. Who could have predicted just a few tax breaks to keep us all addicted. The dickhead dictator leader imitator made me feel immature when I said I hate you. But did you read the paper the day after or hear the laughter? I'll read it to you. It starts with MQ, what ends with you? No broader view for the people on your ship who you used to call crew? That's typical, now I guess it's difficult for the type of person only thinks of individual. No residual, you'll see our resilience. Take it back and ball ahead for the pavilion. Finally, the king is dead, he cried off with his head. Everything must change. Everything Everything must must change. Clearly, everything must change Just from